Cabana. I am your host, Matthew J. Lapore, and I am on with Rob Cooper. Now, Rob, you are the executive chef over at Creekside. You've also been a lifetime chef in various different places. So, um, obviously, you've been doing this for a while. Correct. And I'm, I'm, and I'm assuming once you go to Indiana, you're going to be still doing this. Well, either Indiana, Kentucky, could be as far as Alabama, could be, I, I don't know. It all okay. depends on what we're going to do. Housing market-wise, you know, it's a little yeah. crazy right now. So what? how did you get started with being a chef? Uh, it was all family-oriented. Oh, was it really? Yeah, yeah. Um, my grandparents used to own what was called the Coffee Cup in Phoenixville, um, down on Gay and Bridge. That was back the in the early cup. 60s. What is that now? Uh, I think it's a tax place. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a tax. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a tax place now. Um, but we we stayed in Phoenixville, and then I think at the age of 12, 13, my family, my father, not my family, um, started a business called Positively Pasta, which is now located up in Pottstown. Positively I believe it's still there. Yeah. Oh, gee. So you all have been cooks throughout your life? I have, yes. Okay, yes. okay. So then from that, did you just cook straight through? And then I know you went to school for this too, right? I did, I did. Um, I Through junior high and high school, you know, back in my day, it's probably similar to today. Um, just bring that just a little closer. We uh, were able to do a freshman year of high school to figure out what trade we wanted to do. Sure, okay. Um so I took auto mechanics, carpentry, and culinary. Well, it was a no-brainer of a culinary because our gym class was with cosmetology. So, you know. What, you didn't want to do hair and do makeup and all that kind of stuff? <laughs> well, you know, the girls are hotter, and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you hear this, Don? <laughs> you know, why not have gym class with a bunch of cosmetologists that's actually a great i never i don't know why i never thought of that yeah you know that's just you know went hand in hand you know it was, <laughs> it was either print shop and auto body with a bunch of drug addicts and then sniffers so i mean you know they all went Do people together. still sniff is that a thing i don't know i don't know there's so much going on nowadays who knows what people do you know so yeah it so was. <laughs> oh god so so when you so so you choose culinary there Correct. And then you said that was freshman year. So you did that all four years? I did. Okay. So then when you were done with school, did you go straight to your actual academic for that? Or did you? Well, to be honest with you, I never finished high school. Okay. Like when I was there, we did, we, what was, my senior year was split half of the high school in Phoenixville and then half at the tech school. Okay. I understand. So I finished my tech school. But I never finished my high school. I did graduate. Okay. So what I did was um, I had a girlfriend at the time whose brother was a uh, general manager at the Barons Inn, which is now Creed's in King of Prussia. Oh, right. We've had this position. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right. So I did an internship under probably one of the best chefs I've ever learned under. Um, granted, he was Hawaiian, working in a German <laughs> How does that work? I, I don't know. I have no, <laughs> idea. no idea how that worked out. 
but he was a great chef. He was a great mentor. Um, so that was, I think, from 17 to 18 oh, when I was y- that young. Yeah. Now, how was that? So, so when you were mentoring there, what were some things that you saw when you were like doing your culinary there at the tech school? What were some things that you saw that were different in that kitchen? Well, when I was at the tech school, I kind of accelerated in the baking okay. aspects of it. Like, um, I was I was big on making like flower roses and cakes and decorating and stuff like that. That was I thought oh, what that happened? would have been my niche. Yeah. Well, when you make a thousand icing roses, it it, it weighs get, on you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. It was bad. Um, and then. For my senior project for that, and I lost my scholarship to Johnson and Wales by two points. So I was like, okay, well, this is I'm done for this. But yeah. again, goes back to the family route of, you know, my my father bought another restaurant which was called a Copper Top, which is used to be Yellow Springs Tavern, Yellow Springs, and I don't know, I don't. It's down in Maverick. Um and I was running that from 16 to 18. Oh, you were running that? Yeah. So what was that like? Uh, intense. Intense. It probably was in a restaurant, not intense. I'm sorry. Bad dad joke. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. So so, so you were there from 16 to 18. Now, I have a question. And then this While I was in school. Okay. So I have, So this is what I have asked Cody before. And I don't know if, like, if he struggles with this sometimes, but I have noticed that when you're 16 or 18 and you're running things, Right. And you have people that are, let's say, 30s. Right. And they've been around the block, and they see the 16-year-old kid giving them orders. Like, how was that? It wasn't bad because it was the family nucleus of everything. Okay. Um, good friends, good mentors, everything else like that. I knew my shit. Okay. Um, and it seemed to work out well. Okay, good, good. So. That was always one question I always had is, you see a lot with like family-owned businesses where they have different cooks, different people working the front, and they they go, oh, here's here's the kid's son, right? And it, like, because I, I a lot of the times you might see that they're like a little there's pretentious. a fifty yeah there there is about a fifty fifty chance that the the sibling or the the child will be preferred over another person and yeah. everything else like that. So it has to be balanced. Um, I guess as far as the owners would have to mm-hmm. be yeah. perceptive on that and, and see who they trust yeah. the most. Yeah. And if they want their business to survive, they have to have that trust. Okay. So when you were, so when, let, let's say you were 17, you, you said you were there for 16 to uh, sixteen to 18. Mm-hmm. So around like when you were like 17, when did you start realizing that like this was something that you want to continue doing? <sighs> Professionally... Um, probably not till I was 19 or 20. Okay. So, yeah, so after, when you were there, you were still figuring everything out then? Yes. Oh yeah, mm. absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, I had a lot of, um, family issues at the okay. time. Yeah. Um, as far as, you know, back in the day, you know, early nineties, drugs and alcohol were a very big issue. Yeah. Um, not per se in my life, but and some very close friends and stuff like that was a big issue. So I had to step up. Mm-hmm. I had to be somebody I wasn't even yeah. planning on being. Yeah, yeah. So uh, in order for the family to thrive, I, I had to do what I had to do. Yeah, I understand. So, so 
how so how is that now so it's so when you're looking at it like this like i know you like your son or whatever it is are you do you feel that like with culinary and being able to like really bring yourself up being a respected chef do you think that's been better on him to see someone who can like he can look up to and be like this is this is what i want for you as far as my son yeah um i i i tried to bring my son into the fold mm-hmm. um i wasn't sure if he was capable to do it um Skills wise, yes, he was absolutely able to do it, and and I love my son to death. And he tried his best. He went to culinary, you know, with the schools and everything else like that. Even tried to get him into Walnut Hill, um, but he. And I don't want to talk down about my son or anything else like that. And I don't disrespect him in any way. But it takes a very thick skin to mm-hmm. be in this industry. Um, as far as the torment, the torture, the, the jokes and everything, some people are just aren't built that way. And he was one of them. Yeah. And I'm actually kind of glad that he didn't choose this path. <laughs> glad for him. Um, because what he's doing now is so much better. Yeah. And that was my goal was to make sure that he was better than I could ever be. Sure. 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 So. Well, no, that's good. And and that's actually a really good positive mindset because that's one of the things that I've seen personally with you in the kitchen. And it's one of those things that always rings true. And I, and I always think about it, too, like when I lift. And I don't know if you realize this, but that one phrase, don't let them see you sweat, followed by moose knuckle. But <laughs> <laughs> that nickname, I don't usually say in my own head. You'll have it <laughs> to the day I die. <laughs> but it's a funny because, like, it's, it's one of those things where you do have to have kind of thick skin. Like, I know I get, I'll get emotional, but it's just – that is one thing that I do want to stress is you do have to have a level of like craziness or thick skin to it's really like not just about the thick skin or the craziness. It's just that if you ever want to succeed in life mm-hmm. personally, never let them see you sweat to me. Yeah. Means never let them get to you. Never let them yeah. bring you down. Never let them degrade you. Mm-hmm. Never let them see that they're getting the best of you. Yeah, yeah. And if you never let them see you sweat, you can go so much further. You can you can elevate yourself personally, internally, mentally, physically than anybody could ever imagine. Yeah. No, that's actually that's. That's a nugget. So, like, a nugget is something that, that's, like, um, yeah. I know what a nugget okay, is. cool. Okay. <laughs> well, because, no, the only reason I say that is, uh, like, another podcast, I said that, they go, what, a nugget? Like, a, like a I'm like, no, no, it means, like, a. Right. But, no, that is cool, because I, I think, like, those kind of aspects can help in any kind of point in your life. Yep. Someone struggling with school, someone struggling with, like, a lift or family issues or whatever it is. That's that's really positive. Plus, you know, there's a lot of young kids that are going to be coming in the summer. So right. that kind of energy is right. welcomed. Right. Yeah. Never let them see you sweat. Um, it's it's going to benefit you. And just remember that it's only going to last for a little bit. Yeah. You know, you might be in the weeds for two hours, but you'll be out of that two hours in no time. Been there. Yeah. yeah. And shot us other nights. Once it's done, it's done. You can't dwell on the past. You can't fix whatever mistakes already happened. And you just got to move on. Yeah. You know, I've I've been with some of the strictest and most self-absorbed chefs mm-hmm. in this area dating back to 1992. And 
um, my brother Jimmy Doris. You know, he is one that I've been with since 1994. Yeah, Jimmy. Now, are you guys, is it blood or is it no, just? No, it is okay. not blood. That is straight friendship. Um, I was the best man at his wedding and everything else like that. And we're still best friends to today. Yeah, he was the first you know. ship I ever worked with. Yeah. And it was Crab Fest. <laughs> and I remember it very distinctly. Are you going to run the fucking food? Or are you stupid? And I was like. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Yeah. Jimmy yeah. Jimmy can be a very intense chef, and this is probably where I got my never let him see you sweat from yeah. because we were complete opposites Yeah, when it comes to being chefs. And I loved him. Don't get me wrong. Oh, I, I love know. Jimmy. I I, okay, I okay. Yeah, yeah, No, this is not the dog Jimmy at all. No, I love whatsoever. Jimmy. Jimmy is Jimmy is and will always will be probably one of the best chefs I've ever worked with. Um, I would say out of probably – Again, my 32-plus years doing this, um, top three. Jeez. Top three. Now, how many total chefs have you worked with in those 32-plus years? Nine. Nine. Really? Mm-hmm. I would have thought it would be more. No. Really? No. I've always tried to stay and gather as much information, as much talent, yeah, as much knowledge yeah because that's one thing that nobody can take away from you yeah is knowledge and once you gain knowledge you can only go for more that's true so let's go that learning is the biggest and that's what i you know like it's funny because like i you think of like a year year and a half almost of like there's always stuff that i'm learning like one that one night when i uh, i was doing the whole thing with for christine (laughs) i'm like dude i thought i like cody goes do you have a blush i'm like It's a blush. Blush. A blush. What was it? What did you call it? Fuck. What the hell was it? Blossom. The blossom. Blossom. (laughs) I'm like, no. I'm like, the blossom is what your dessert is. The blush is the sauce that we're gonna use. So yeah, I'm glad I'm glad that turned out really well for you. I was I was happy to be a part of that. No, that was cool. And I, I think that's one of the things why I really wanted to have you on too is like not many people will and even like people, especially in this industry, will be will stop and go. I'll, let me help you. Let me let me coach you through this, right? And that was one of the things why I really wanted to have you on too. Is like that's rare, and kind of in any industry where it's like, you know what? You're I'm I. You were in the middle of a party too. Oh wait, no, the party no, canceled. That, that party canceled. Yeah, like and not even what half an hour before. Yeah, your dinner <laughs> party canceled. Yeah, but you were still cooking. You were still prepping, and it's like, yep. how many people do you know, especially in our industry, that are gonna go? I'm in the middle of something. Let me just help you out. If and, if you have the right chef, they will. Well, see, and that's the thing, and that's why I thought it was so important. That it's like, I think people need to see that more. Or it's like it's possible to have a boss where it's like, oh yeah, he's my boss by the way. Um, if you guys haven't figured that out, no, I'm not. <laughs> but um, but it's it's interesting to see that that dynamic where. You can have someone who is above you and will, like, work alongside you. Absolutely. And, like, the other day, we're cooking. We didn't have a dishwasher. And you hop out. You literally be doing dishes. You've been doing this for 32 years. You didn't have to do dishes. No. One of us could have done it. No. And I think that's, like, really important for people to see that you can have a boss or someone that truly goes, I'm going to be in this with you, and we're going to do right. this together. Right, and and nothing is below me. Yeah, I, I will I will honestly say that there's nothing that's below me. I will scrub table legs. I will do fryers. I will do whatever it takes to help my team succeed. Um, 
And that's just that's goes back to my first chef, Kirby Kirby Park, who I worked with at the Barons Inn. Um, he taught me to be that type of chef. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, at one point in time, I was the biggest asshole chef probably in the world. Really, almost. I don't want to say is Gordon Ramsay style, but um, yes, I, I was a big asshole. Yeah, and then I realized that being that way and I was losing employees and mm. losing respect and losing integrity in myself and everything. And so that it was a very short period of time. Um, but it was a period of time that I wasn't happy with myself. So yeah. that's where I turned myself back around and to be real and original. Yeah. And help the team that is making my life easier. Well, that's the whole thing too. Yeah, no, that's good. Cause well, that, that's one of the reasons my mom, I loved you so much where it's like, and that's why like she was, and nothing, nothing against DeSantis at all, but it was just like that switch where it's like, okay, I feel like I'm being heard. I feel like, okay, if I'm in, like, if, I'm, if I need help, I asked someone who's going to help me. And that's one of the things that I really wanted to like bring like out there to people. It's like, you can have a boss who isn't an asshole who will help you and things like that, and I I just think that's so cool. That's rare, it especially is, nowadays. It, yeah, it is. I yeah. mean, you have. I mean, there's three types of chefs out there. You have, you have corporate chefs that are bound by what the corporate tells them to do, mm-hmm. and then they'll pass that down. Then you have what I consider semi-corporate chefs that were corporate chefs that try to bring it into. Um, aspects of businesses that are like almost mom and pop. Okay. You know, and they still have that mentality and try uh, and do that yeah. slave driving thing and think that chain of command is, is you know, prominent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you don't have the personnel to do that. Yeah. So, and then you have the mom and pop chefs that will tell those other two chefs fuck off because I know my people and I'm going to back my people. Yeah. And this is the way I do it, you know. And then those ones stay around. And then, yeah, you know, and they're the ones, the the mom and pop chefs, executive chefs, whatever you want to call yourself, lead cook, um, that aren't demanding because their pride is, you know, oh, I was a corporate chef and I was this and I was that. Fuck you on your corporate chef and shit. I don't give a fuck if you're a corporate chef. You know, McDonald's got corporate chefs, too. You know what they make? Yeah, they make pretty good money, but you know what they make? Fucking Big Macs and double cheeseburgers. And fries. Lots of fries. I am providing a service to make the customer happy. Yeah. You don't do that. You provide a service to make the customer fucking fat. And that's all you care about. Fat and profit. Yeah. There's no love in it. <clears throat> Especially when you have timed everything. Yeah. You ever see how they like cook the burgers and stuff like yeah. that? Yeah. Did you ever see the pink slime videos from fucking McDonald's? <laughs> like the old tenders? <laughs> Dude, when I so I forget what it was, but even I, even Burger King. Burger King can say they're fucking flame roasted and everything. It's still the same plink slime bullshit that they fucking put out at McDonald's. It's just put on a fucking conveyor belt. Yeah. I I think it was I forget was it 2015, 2017, something like that? It was it was a video on Instagram that just popped up and it was like it was this pink goop and they're like it's like getting portioned out 
And then it's going on the conveyor belt, and then it's sending it. And they're like, oh, this is what you're eating when you go to McDonald's. Yep. Never been back. Yeah. I, I was to tell you, but their fucking chicken nuggets are done the same way. Really? Yeah. They just take pieces of fucking chicken product, whether it's fat, meat, gristle, whatever, and it's all crushed and combined and squeezed. Why is it pink? <sighs> Preservatives? I don't know. <sighs> fucking chemicals. That's disgusting. Yeah. I'll still eat it. Yeah. You know me. Ugh. Taco Bell. Oh. <laughs> the aliens. Can I tell that story? <laughs> Can I tell that story? Is that I okay? Don't care. So we're gonna we're gonna fa- we're gonna we're gonna uh, take a step back and we're gonna go back to a couple months ago. We just got our ass kicked. We're like kind of cleaning up. Yeah. And I got a call and and you're in my phone as Rob Zombie. So Rob Zombie pulls up and he goes he goes Matthew the alien. I, I want to put it up on the green screen too. You guys are gonna all see the video right here. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I want him to know. I don't to, give a shit. But, uh, he goes, Matt, the aliens are coming. The al-. No, wait. It was, he goes, Dawn's not letting me fly, man. Matt, let me fly. Would you let me fly? And I'm like, Rob, what is going on, dude? He goes, Dawn, she won't let me fly. And I'm like, oh, no, he's hammered. And he said yeah. Taco Bell. Yeah. 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 And, and, and the reason behind all that was because I really wanted the fucking nacho fries from fucking Taco Bell. And they're like, oh, well, you're not doing a nacho and, and then, you know, it just spiraled from there. So I just had to do what I had to do. You know, I was, I had my, I, you know, I wear my flannel jacket uh-huh. and everything. I was going to do the cholo, you know, one button and just fly <laughs> through the fucking parking lot and just say, I want my fucking nacho flies. I just, I just want to fly. <laughs> no. Yeah, it, it was, it was bad. Dawn's the best though. I love Dawn. You know, she she lets me get away with a lot of stupid shit sometimes. But you know, nope, she would not let me out the car. And uh, and then the aliens. That was a different night, or was it? Was it the same night? No, I think I think the aliens were in the same night, or it was a different night. But you also sent us videos, like nothing like obviously like HR thing. It was just funny because you were like on your deck, and go shh. Yeah, there's all there's there's deer out there, but you're being so loud. Again, Dawn didn't participate because I wanted her to videotape me on that one, so I had to do it solo. <laughs> but what was funny was you went, "We have to be quiet." Yeah, all the leaves in my yard and everything. <laughs> like walking down yeah. your porch, I was like, "Dude!" But it's just it's just funny that you, like you're comfortable with us to do that. But we always get a good laugh out of it. But like, there's also like the one time. With the uh, the mummers umbrellas. Oh god, <laughs> Nick was so pissed, dude. I know. That's all right. I still didn't get the umbrella, <laughs> fucker. So so one night, so I understand what we're talking about. One night, um, you're drinking, I'm drinking, and we're there. We have we have, we have like a rough night or let's, whatever. Let's let's get this clear. This is only happening when I'm drinking. <laughs> and then he has a beer. So he goes, you want to have some, you want to you, you make a TikTok? And I was like, sure, I'll make a TikTok. Yeah. And he goes, we're going to grab the umbrellas. We're going to like pop out and say like whatever. So he goes, oh, wait, we have those mummer umbrellas. And I'm like, oh, no. So he gets up, runs, and goes to dry storage and like heads up. And then we go, he's walking, and he's like, Nick, Nick. And I'm like, oh, Yelling no. at the top Yell. of my lungs. And he's like, you're you're just you're just going for it. And we get upstairs, and 
you start yelling for Nick, and I'm like, oh no, Nick's gonna kill me. I'm just guilty by association at this yep. point. Sure. And <laughs> yeah, if I'm gonna go down, you're gonna go down with me. I, I knew it. I was yeah. like, I gotta, yeah, we will um, crash and burn together. <laughs> <laughs> so we get up there, and Nick is. It, it's like it's gotta be like twelve o'clock, one of the morning. Uh, it's at least one. One, yeah, yeah. And and then you go. Where are the umbrellas? And Nick's like, oh, shut the fuck up, Rob. Go home. Yeah. Yeah, Nick wasn't happy. <laughs> and, then, and then you go, I'm not sleeping that he's, Not that he's happy all the time, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's that's just Nick. So, you know, I, I like to poke, you know, poke fun at Nick and everything else. Like, I love yeah. Nick to death, you know. I do like Nick. I like Nick a lot. He uh, does bust he's my good balls. To fuck, he's good to fuck with and, you know, mess around and everything else like that. And then, you know, I do do shit intentionally to, just to piss him off. But, you know, that's my job. Yeah, I hear so, that. So, you know. Yeah. It is what it is. It's my job to, you know, piss everybody off there. You know, if everybody pisses me off, I'm going to give it right back. Better be pissed off than pissed on, right? Uh, well, it depends on what you like. Fair. Very fair. <laughs> Very fair. <laughs> OBJ. Um, so now coming into like, let's, let's, let's go on your, your 20th year coming on to being like a, being like a chef. My 20th year? Christ, now you gotta make me think. Um, I can see the smoke in my ears. Yeah, right. So I was thirty-five. Okay. Maybe. From okay, I had to I had to step back that a little bit. In two thousand six, I had major back surgery. Okay. Um, what was so, his name? Uh, Guervo. Okay. <laughs> Blows you back. <laughs> Kind of went a little broke back. Jose Guervo? Yeah. No. no <laughs> that was way before that one. Oh my God. <laughs> Are you I can't throw you off like that. I'm so sorry. Nope. Never will. Um, I was working in 2006. This was, well, hang on. Let me, let me go back a little bit before that. Um, I did my stent. Let me let me let me lay out the timeline. Okay, so graduated in ninety two. Ninety four I met Jimmy Doris. Okay. Um he was the chef, I was the sous chef at the place called the Mansion House. Okay. In Phoenixville. Which is the perk Perky. Perky? Yeah. Um not the pick. The one that's the one that's over there by Lowe's. Yeah, it's perky. In Oaks. No, bar? no, this is the one in Phoenixville. It was oh. the Perkyoman Tavern. Do you know where Furtish Junction is? Yes. Go across that bridge. Okay. Into Phoenixville. Okay. Okay, there was that restaurant that was on the right-hand side. I don't remember what it was. I'm not but familiar. It, I'm sorry. If, if, if anybody knows Phoenixville, everybody knows what the mansion house was. Um, him and I ran that from... 94 to 98, I want to say. Uh, He left. I ran it for another year. Then I took off because I fell in love with Quiet Dawn, a stripper. Um, (laughs) No, you did not. (laughs) No, you did not. Not because of Dawn. Dawn is later on in my life. Um, Yeah, you know, I met a stripper then, and then. I left no, there. No, no. <laughs> I left there, went up to Cavadas in Pottstown. I don't know if you know where Cavadas no, is. No, I don't. It's up on I do not. Okay. 
uh, yeah. Cavada's Britain Lounge. Uh, Jimmy Jimmy was there when he left the mansion house. He was there. I went up there, and then I met this girl. We went down to Maryland, which I thought was a great thing because it was just another building block for me to learn seafood and backgrounds yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, again, knowledge, taking knowledge. Knowledge is the key to everything, especially in culinary. There's so many different talents. There's so many different skills. There's so many different aspects of food that you can just learn. So I took on that aspect. Then I came back in 2000, 2001, 2000. Then um, that's when I met my ex-wife and all hell fucking went mm, from there. I've heard. Um, so we won't talk about that, you know, two decades. Um, but I was always getting knowledge and, and going there. But anyway, back in 2006, I had my back surgery. Okay. I uh, blew out my disc. I was working at a, um, it's called Joanne Fabrics. I've heard of it, but I'm not. It's like Michael's. Never been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something yeah, like yeah. that. And right next door was a place called Salad Works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, salad works back in the day was just the newest thing on the block and everything. They would do fresh salads and fresh tossed pastas and blah, blah, blah. Well, I was doing between both jobs. I blew my disc out, my L4, L5. Took me out for about 10 years. So, 10 years, you know, because the surgery didn't work out and everything else like that. But um, when I came back, then I went back to Limerick. Okay. You know, so that didn't work out. Went to Rivercrest, mm. and now here I am, back again. So, how was Rivercrest? Rivercrest is an awesome country club. Um, if you're a millionaire, plus. So, um, again, my chef there was—he was a great guy. Yeah. Everything else, you know, the people I worked with were great. My boss was great until COVID hit, and then they all freaked out because they're a bunch of liberals. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I was outside on a 160-degree grill <clears throat> with eight feet in front of me in every direction, but yet I still had to have a mask. I'm like, fuck you. So I had to have the what? Mask. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. The golf, the, the golf people didn't have to have a mask. didn't matter if they had a mask as long as I had a mask on top of a 160-degree grill. Fuck you. Nope. Done. Mm-mm. So. Didn't um, didn't someone pass out a while ago because he had the mask on? I don't okay. know. Okay. All right. Don't know. But, um, yeah, that was a wild <laughs> time. That was a wild time. It was. It was a wild time. And that I think those two years during COVID literally killed the restaurant industry. You know what's funny is that exact sentence Cody said too. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, and, and Cody's every hundred percent right. Yeah, it did. It did. It killed it. Um, not as far as business wise, but as far as respect, as that, far as um, he said, literally the same exact thing. Just the demand, the the expectations, mm. um, the laziness of people that want to try even get into the fucking industry. <laughs> Don't even get me started. Is that, yeah. You know, what they did, and here's the thing is, when they did try to bring the industry back in, is they offered people that worked at McDonald's and Burger King and Taco Bell, and I'm not knocking these places. It's not their fault. It's 
it's the fault of the economy that, you know, to pay somebody $15 an hour that has no physical education yeah. in, in, in the service industry. See, and that's, when you had people that have been in there for 10, 20 years just trying to make ends meet. Well, see, well, see, that's the whole thing, and this is what the whole like debate is too, is <clears throat> people now so they're saying that because of COVID, right? People were used to this is my career, but I've been with these people for so long, right? And they pay me well. But now because of COVID and the new generation, they go, Fuck you, pay me. So it's like, well, all right. I could be getting like okay, uh, like for fifteen dollars you can go and like dishwasher work at like Chick Fil A, guarantee Sundays off, only work five days a week, fifteen an hour plus certain benefits. People are gonna be like that'll work at like McDonald's, like oh, I'll make thirteen, just go there. I have, I have no holes barred. It's no 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 holes barred. I'll just go. And that's the thing is, is like it makes it hard for like family-owned businesses to they compete with that because you have these corporate places that are like, well, we have billions of dollars, right? We can back this fifteen, sixteen, seventeen dollars, right? But then you have these family-owned businesses where it's like, well, can I really afford that extra dollar? Because what you say they work forty hours a week, the extra dollar that's another forty dollars, forty dollars, forty dollars. Now you're incrementally over a couple thousand dollars over the year. I'm gonna make a, a movie reference to you. Did you ever see the movie Demolition Man? No. Uh, Lay it on me. Watch that movie. Okay. The movie Demolition Man, if anybody knows that movie, um, Sylvester Stallone and um, uh, what's her name? Can't remember it. Sandra Bullock um, got into this scuffle and saved apparently the mayor of San Los Angeles, whatever the hell they call it. And then they go to. He's like, I would like to invite you to dinner at Taco Bell. Okay. Okay. Sylvester Stallone asked Sandra Bullock, he's like, Taco Bell? She said, yes. Taco Bell was the one that won the franchise war. After every war, you know, it was this was like the denigration of, okay. you know, yeah. all the, you know, <clears throat> civilization and everything. Okay. Taco Bell. Corporate Taco Bell. I mean, think about it. Taco Bell has KFC. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's gonna happen. It's definitely gonna happen. Um, to what extent I don't know. Can't predict the future. But corporates are definitely gonna wind up taking over. I mean, I look at There's what they're just... doing now. Here's a prime example. There are certain McDonald's. There's certain Burger Kings. There's certain corporates that are doing AI ordering and AI. Yeah, there's one in uh, Canada. I servicing. Think. It was open, yeah. Yeah. So those types of businesses were built for kids. That's why minimum wage was actually produced. Yeah. Your minimum wage is only to get you by as your child and everything else like that. Yes. To learn a skill, to learn the work ethic. Yeah, I understand. And then um, I'm pretty sure Cody might have probably even touched on this as well. But that that's just to get you. I mean, if you want to stay in that business, fine. There's many levels that you can, you know, reach, reach, corporate, district, national. I mean, and the, it's endless possibility. And yes, the pay is really, really well, but. 
if you're just trying to make ends meet as a teenager or semi teenager or whatever you want to do up to about 20 just to get yourself some money yeah living in mama's basement yep whatever you want to do that's fine <clears throat> you cannot but here's the thing though you can't bitch about your lifestyle if you're 27 32 35 living in mama's basement yep working at McDonald's mm -hmm. because you you decided not to better yourself yeah and that's what the society is getting to be all about it's you don't want to better yourself there's so many opportunities out there so many and then now we have to pay dishwashers 15 16 17 i've heard of a, a company right now that's a private owned pizza place paying their dishwashers 20 dollars an hour to wash dishes that's fucked up because they're lazy People are lazy. I agree, and that's and that we'll see. That's the whole problem is you have someone who come in, let's say at like <sighs> trap time. We'll just it's close. So let's say they come in, they, they they make thirteen, right? But they'll go and they'll look. Oh, well, I could do the same job for sixteen here for a corporate. So th there is there is that whole thing where it's like people are worried about like robots taking over because if you go to some place like Osteria. Right up right. Tom Pike, right? Roberto. Fantastic chef. Owens the place. He cooks, he cleans, he sends his his uh servers home and he will vacuum and he'll reset because he goes, This is I want it done right. And there's something so amazing about that that I feel like we're losing. Mm-hmm. People will be like, instead of like, you know, stopping at a Creekside and getting a good burger or they want a nice flatbread or, you know, whatever they're doing, it's they go, Oh, well, you know what? I'll just run to McDonald's, right? Get a shitty burger. Right. That's probably double the calories. Absolutely, it is. And <clears throat> cooked by a machine. Because yeah. literally, they put it on a tray. They put it in the thing. It goes beep. They pull it out of the tray. Yep. Yep. No skill set whatsoever. McDonald's, when it was first built, was the precursor for um, yeah assembly line. That's what they said. Yeah. Yep. So, but now everything became automated so do you actually think i mean it is now 2023 2024 in the next 25 years that that whole business won't be automated yeah and and they're you're already seeing it and the thing is too is if you really think about it they're already kind of like robots when they're there yep a lot of them are probably high too but that's a sigma sorry uh, i shouldn't say it that depends but, on uh, depends on what city you're at yeah oh <laughs> uh, that was a sigma my bad guys but um, long story short is there are like robots. Okay. Yeah. They, they hear a beep, turn around, open this up. Yeah. It's not like we're like, you're like Matt timing. You have to worry about the flat right up there. You have to worry about the burger Correct. that's on there. You have to worry about how you're sauteing this, how this is crisping here, whether you're putting your vegetables in first, then your meats, then once they're together, then you saute them. Yeah. And it's like, there's a, there's a science to it, but with there, it's just open the door, mm -hmm. pull the burger out. So you take a 15, 16, 17 year old that's doing McDonald's who might be in culinary in school, you know, at a trade school, and expect them to learn what they're doing in school the correct way in preparing food and personalizing food and yeah. plate setups and everything, then go to a job that is automated, basically. And when they're done, where are they going to go? You, you've learned nothing. Nope. They have, they have 
the mindset of the culinary tech school with the work ethic of an automated service. Mm -hmm. You cannot combine the two. And it's and it's hard because I, I get it. There's a need for people to do that job. And I don't think it's a bad thing because it'll teach work ethic, teach showing up on time, which is great. But that's the whole point of like having the minimum wage. Right. But it, it, it would be a really rough transition for someone to be at like McDonald's then being like, okay, I'm going to go work with you and you have like a 200 person wedding or or you know a 120 person funeral that ends up being 330 yeah, i remember that day it happens um <laughs> i remember that day it happens um but no what i'm saying is like it's, it, there's a difference and it's good to learn but there has to i think there's something so beautiful about the human element where it's like they'll, they'll mess up or food is human element well that's the whole thing and like uh what was it food is love did you ever watch uh the menu Yes. Okay. Remember um, <laughs> Tyler? Loved it. it was great. So remember Tyler, the guy who brought uh, my future wife on there? Yes. Uh, the with, uh, with, I don't forget her name. Yeah. The, the the yeah. So he goes, food is an art. It is it is life on its cusp, and you take it and you create something totally new with it. It's it's organic. And I'm butchering right. the whole line, but he's like goes into this beautiful thing about how like the art is. It is. And you look at it and it goes, a chef can tell you the exact moment the oyster has had his last muscle. That's how I was taught. See, that's the thing. And isn't that and the creeds, creeds is seafood, right? Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to see that because people will go and they'll, they'll, they'll look at all us just be like beat. Especially me, because I'm a dickhead. I walk out, I'm just tired. Right, but then it's like they don't realize like when when you're there during the day, you're prepping, you're yep. taking your time, yep. you're 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 sautéing this, you're putting this in your at Alabama sauce. It's a three step process, right? Make a mango habanero and blow up the kitchen with that. I tell you but, what, from anybody that has never actually had any formal background in any cooking aspects besides maybe at home, you are. One of three people that I know that have advanced the most in the past year I've known well, you. Well, see, that's why I wanted to have you on so bad because you were one of the biggest people that showed me how to do that. You and Jimmy DeSantis, and especially you, way past since you left, but that's a different conversation. But but the point being is like this is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on because there's it's, there's so few and far between to find a boss who's going to go, you're a dumbass. But let me show you. Right. And you're not going to freak out. Listen, we've all freaked out. I'm a notorious for that. But point being, and this is why I thought it was How so often have I ever freaked out? Very small. <laughs> <laughs> and if anything, it's usually next when he's involved. <laughs> but my point being is, and this is why I thought it was important, is like you can learn a skill. But I think one of the things that kids these days are missing, even kids my age, 23, is there's a work ethic that people expect out of you. But if you want to well, learn... Well, that's in any profession. And I understand that. But if you want to learn something and you want to gain a skill, you want to get good at something, you have to have that work ethic and you have to be coachable. Correct. And that's why I get so frustrated with people that we bring in, like, even, like, uh, you know... Yeah, the, yeah. And it's like, Grimace. you have this experience, but you're not coachable. Yeah. And then, because you're not coachable, you're not getting it, so then your your work ethic's going to dwindle. Right. And this is what, like... And then, and hats off to Jake. I know he's our dishwasher, but he's been doing a pretty good job. I know he's, he's been missing some there. things. But it's like he's being coachable. And like last night, like he got a bunch of stuff done. I'm like, he's waiting for us. I'm like, that's what it should be. Right. And I think it's – Well, if anybody knows, and you, you know I've said this uh, for quite a while, that, you know, in a kitchen, in a, an establishment, sports bar, any bar, um, it, everything starts with the fryer. Yeah. Everything starts with the fryer. 
If the fryer doesn't have their shit together and it's not on time, it throws every other timing every off. Time. So and I, and I do feel bad for Luke and I and I have apologized to him before. Like I I've been really rough on him recently. Um, he needs to get his shit to fuck together. I, and, I love you, you Luke. Know, I love yeah, you, I put my foot up his ass. <laughs> I love you, you know, Luke. I love I, you so I, much. I've told him once or twice already. If you can get your shit together, get the get fuck off, off my line. line. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Luke. I really do. I love him. But no, it and and it was funny because I was glad. I, like, I, I have no problem telling anybody that. If I know. If anybody I see is sinking without trying to produce yeah. what they need to do within means. I'll, I straight up will tell him to get off my fucking line. Yeah. You know, but. Well, that's why I was glad I started there. So, like, when Jimmy asked me, he was like, hey, I'd love to, like, get you, like, going. Like, let's do this. I'm like, all right, cool. I'd love to learn. He started in there, and it's like I then can realize, like, if I look over, okay, Gordon has this flatbread. He mm-hmm. has this burger. I look on the ticket, and I'm ahead of him. I can keep that there, and I know that I'll be ready. And then I can start working ahead of him. Right. But then it's like. If I see, okay, that's probably his tailgater, and I'm three tickets behind, and I have three baskets, I can catch up. So it was nice because then, like, you know, as you progress on the line, your timing gets better. So, like, it, it is an interesting job, and it's it's so cool because, like... Set up and slacking and preemptive, that, that all takes... Yeah. You have to know, especially working in that building, our building, we pretty much know... Yeah. And just like any other restaurant, y'all pretty much executive chefs, sous chefs, whatever you y'all know what each day of the week is going to bring. So if you're set up within those parameters for that day, there shouldn't be an issue. There should not. Shouldn't yeah. be an issue. You shouldn't have to run out to the hill or shouldn't have to run out to a freezer. You shouldn't have to run. Yes, we are limited space and sometimes we have yeah. to. But yeah. Like I said, in the past year, even though I've been there for a little over a year and a half, the um, the process that you guys have learned. You need to take that. You can. You that's can. all right. It's only a fucking pen. Um, the process and, and learning curves that you guys have adapted and overcome and everything else like that is unmeasurable. I mean, after a year, you guys have for being... 19, 19, 23. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what? I don't think I know any kitchen that I've ever worked in that has a 19-year-old assistant kitchen manager, another 19-year-old head uh, expo yeah. assistant, whatever, lead person, and you as a 23-year-old yeah. who's in college, went to teaching, whatever yeah. else like that, with no skills, no knowledge, didn't even want to fucking do this shit, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, and then to turn around in a year and accomplish yeah. what you guys have yeah. all accomplished is yeah. fucking amazing. Well, I, well, I don't think any, I appreciate that. Yeah. Any restaurant can knock what you three have done. Yeah, I do. I got to tell you, and I know Gordon and Molly will hear this, but like, and I know Molly will give me shit for this later, but I do love this. Even, even Luke, like, and what's cool is like, I know like, Let's say, like, you're not there. Let's go Wednesday or whatever it is. Or you're not, like, Mondays. And, like, if I have those two, Gordon and Molly, I'm not worried. Because mm-hmm. even Gage said the one <laughs> night, like, it was, like, it was TRT. And he goes, I feel like I'm not doing anything. Right. And we're just going around. And, right. like, I think someone was expoing. And I heard Gordon goes, I'm already ahead of that. And I was, like, and then, like, Gage laughed. And it was funny because sometimes I forget, like, our ages. Mm-hmm. And then 
like the like the one night uh, Gage was like he was he was up in the front he was you know doing what we you do right he was expoing and he just was just chilling nothing nothing against him at all this I'm just saying it's just the well, three it was of like us, his second or third night yeah there, him too. and I so the, and then and then I I believe it was his second maybe his third night there on a TRT night yeah which can be anywhere from like 250 to 500 fucking people yeah. you know yeah within a matter of four hours yeah. And he he was just up there and he was expelling and he was just like I don't even have to do anything and I'm nope. like yeah dude we just because the three of us work together really well yes you do and I do yes, I do. genuinely and I genuinely mean this I love those two people yeah they are so they're I, lo- awesome. I love my crew and I would never yeah. you know and I've told you and I've told you guys in numerous texts through the whole group text that you know if if I had the four of you on any open day to do any type of catering. Or any type of restaurant, you go take me and my three guys and put me in a kitchen. We'll rock it. And I think too. And like again, this this I don't I don't want to keep you know, keep blowing smoke up your ass, but it's it's not like we it, because I think all of us have a massive amount of respect for you. Absolutely. Like the fact that Molly goes, Rob, don't leave. It's just like <laughs> and Molly doesn't like all the new people that are in the kitchen. The respect is 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 given back too. I respect you guys and love you guys oh, too. So, um. And I think that's that's a big thing. And see, that's where I went back to where I used to be a, an asshole chef, mm-hmm. and I never had that respect. I think that oh, maybe 15, 25 years ago, that kind of turned around for me and learned how to respect my staff mm-hmm. and everything yeah. else like that. So I've always lived my life that way ever since I've been in a kitchen Yeah, since then. Yeah. So, you know, respect's given where it's due. Yeah. Can you believe it's almost been 15 minutes since we started this? Uh, we got so much more. Dude, to talk I know. About. I know. Part deuce. <laughs> and I'm almost out of beer. <laughs> I should have wrote more down. But no, it's just there. I And this is going to sound weird, but it's like I do. I, I never thought I'd see myself as as like like in the kitchen or Chef Moose Knuckle. Chef like, yeah, Moose Knuckle. What is it? It's Lord, Lord Farquaad Moose. <laughs> 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 Matt has such a title, it won't fit on his chef jacket. Lord Farquaad Lord Moose, Farquaad <laughs> Moose Knuckle Lepore. The whore. The whore. <laughs> <laughs> Had to throw it in there. It's okay. It's a little Dude, I've thing. been called the whore my whole life. Yeah, well, well you know, it's in- better than Cooper Pooper Snooper. <laughs> That's fair. Well, it's funny. So my, my, my best friend, uh, Ben Derek Angelo. I'll start them out real quick. There's a in Pakistan, there is a city or a town called Lahore. I don't think it's spelled the same. No, it's not. It's 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 L A H O R E. So it's enough. literally so it's literally just missing the P. <laughs> and it's called Lahore, Pakistan. So he screenshot it and like sent it to a bunch of our like wrestling football buddies. Shit went viral at school and they're like, Lahore. I'm like, no. That's crazy. Because none of any teachers like, what? Why are you saying Lahore? Oh, it's a town in Pakistan, right? Teacher, right? Look, yeah. Hello. Yeah, just the whore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just the whore. Whatever. Not anymore. It is what it is. Not anymore. Well, that's good. I'm yeah. good. I'm yeah. glad to see you're settling down. Okay. I was a little concerned about those STDs, but you <laughs> I know. never had. <laughs> 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 
Come on now, you you don't think we're not gonna end this on a kitchen, t- <laughs> the kitchen way? You know what's funny is I as I respect it so much because you guys do think of this, but like any like new runner or new dishwasher, or new cook. I try to get a little respect for them. I mean, they're young and everything else like that. Well, no, and it's that just lasts funny for about ten minutes. Well, it's funny because you guys go in the interview because Jake goes, you know, they asked if like they were okay with a like, cursing or kitchen talk, and then yeah. like I and like uh the the one uh, new runner. I was like, hey, I just want to let you know, like, are you okay like, with whatever? She goes, I was already talked about that. As it is what it is. Well, you know, because people are sensitive today. And we have to be sensitive. And, yeah. oh, you fuck wanna, you and your fucking sensitivity. You don't want to get me on this rant now. Dude, it pisses me the fuck off. <laughs> fuck your feelings. Facts matter. And that's the end of it. Dude, it, there's, there's, I'm so sick and tired. Oh, I'm just, it's going to. Now, was- we're, now we're getting into a little other debate that yeah. we'll probably have to get into another time. You and I are in the same place. There's going to be probably some sanctions on his web <laughs> or his podcast, but I'll try to turn it down a little bit. I already have a violation on TikTok. Yeah, well, they, oh. they have yet to met me, so... Um, no, you were pretty. You were pretty. You were pretty even keel. I well, I'm trying to be a little professional on this one because I know you know. I'm just trying to respect you and your podcast and your thing and everything else like that. But well, no. So the thing is about trust me. There, there will be another time where we will go off the fucking. That sounds great. Well, no, I do think, and I do think, in a lot of respect, you are very professional. I think when it comes to the actual work and the cleanliness and things like that, like you are, you are very professional. I am. Now, I'm very hard. I, I am my worst critic. Yeah, I, I will criticize myself and I will critique myself. And if there's something even the slightest bit off, I trust me, I'll beat myself up for two, three days. Yeah. Even if it's just something off as far as a temperature wise. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I get it. I am that crucial on myself. Well, I know. And I think that's the other reason. Again, uh, just went back. is like that people respect you is like, yeah, you might give someone else shit, but you might also give yourself shit even more. I will give myself shit. shit because I gave that person shit because it was my fault for them fucking up. Yeah. And that's and that's and that's a good thing. But um yeah, dude, this was this is awesome. We're coming up with fifty four minutes. So wrapping this up, <clears throat> um, you guys can uh reach out to Rob on different platforms so it'll all pop up live. So you wanna tell them your uh Yeah, I have an OnlyFans page. She just <laughs> it's it's you know uh la 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 uh, sixty nine. <laughs> I don't want to be here anymore. Oh, you did not just do that. Anyways, what is your TikTok? I don't have TikTok. Okay. Uh, I do have TikTok, but I don't fucking know what it oh. is. I just watched this fucking moose knuckle. So, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I don't know. Rob Cooper, I don't know. Fucking whatever the hell it is. I'll find it and put it up. Yeah, you can you, you I'll find f- I'll me. find his tags. You guys will um, see it. It'll pop no, up. I do have two separate accounts on Facebook because one gets suspended a lot because I'm <laughs> politically incorrect. <laughs> whatever the fuck that means. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> do you need some mouth on that? <laughs> This is how he is every day. I try, you know. You know. No, it's good. It's good. It's but thanks, big. guys, for tuning in. I'll put all those tags up so you guys can reach them. Uh, we have episodes out every Wednesday. So we'll see you guys next week. All right.